Hey friends, welcome back to the Sunny and 65 podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Schultz, and today we are joined by a dear friend of mine, Leah Peeper. I look up to her so much. You do not want to miss all the sweet honey wisdom the Lord has given this gal. Enjoy. Hello, friends. Today I am joined by my dear friend, Leah Peeper. Hey, Leah. Hey, girl. I am so glad you're here. Leah and I have been friends for close to yeah. close to four years now. Yeah, like that's since crazy. We, since I started going to Providence, mm-hmm. you were already there. Mm-hmm. Um, Leah is, I think, are we the same age? Are you younger than me? Maybe How a old are little. You? I'll be, I'm a 96 baby. Okay, I'm 95. Okay. 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 So Leah is younger than me, but not only a dear friend and sister, but just a mentor too. Like I just look up to Leah in so many ways. I learn so much from Leah. If you're listening to this and you know Leah, you're like, yeah, yeah. Like she is just wise beyond her years and the Lord has gifted her in so many ways. And she's a good listener. She is a fierce woman of the Lord. She is humble. She is just lovely. Um, yeah, she's stunning, (laughs) but she is, she is all the things. (laughs) And I'm so grateful to literally have a sister in her, um, and to have a friend in her. So, Hey Leah, welcome to the podcast. I know you're like, (laughs) thanks for those sweet words. I feel so honored by them. And I was thinking of you on my way over and I'm just like, gosh, I feel so honored to be on her podcast. She is such a beautiful person inside and out. And I was like, what would be one thing that I could describe Maddie with? And I was like, she's just, she's got the gift of hospitality. And before you're like, oh, wait, my home is not like (laughs) it should be. You just carry a gift of hospitality, Mm -hmm. Maddie. And I just wanted to encourage you in that because Mm -hmm. you make people feel at home wherever you are. Like, and I just love that about you. So thanks for having me. I feel at home because I'm with you and I just can't wait to get into this conversation. Thanks, Leah. You are the best. Okay. Tell us the quick basics about yourself. Yeah, so I'm 25. I married my high school sweetheart. Did you know that we met in high school? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So awesome. At 15. Crazy. Little Reese and little Leah. Precious. Met and we dated throughout all high school and college and then got married at 20. Amazing. And we were little babies, and he's literally my best friend. Mm. He's the best. So I work for a nonprofit here in Omaha called Refresh Mentoring, and we just get to encourage churches in their discipleship of women Mm. and empower them and just coach them and love on them through that. And I'm also a photographer. Yeah, you are. Like, no thanks to you, honestly. No. <laughs> Do you remember us sitting and you were like, this is what ISO is? <laughs> and I'm like, wait, say that again. <laughs> oh my gosh, that feels like forever ago. Leah is so wildly talented at photography, friends. So mm-hmm. go look her up at Leah Peeper Photo, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's yes. right. <laughs> She's amazing. But I just, it was so funny how instrumental you were Aww. in that little in that journey starting. So grateful for you in that too. So yeah, we just bought a house. We're fixer upper kind of people. I didn't think that we were fixer upper kind of people. (laughs) I was just like, it's beautiful. Oh, thanks. Yeah. You, you know, you cleaned it. (laughs) We'll get into that later. No, (laughs) That's Omaha born and raised and you're, you probably long to be elsewhere, but Actually, no. No? Okay. I am. You love traveling. I love traveling. I was talking to my roommate, Reagan, the other day, and she was like, I just love traveling. And I was like, I love traveling until I don't. Like, until I'm like 
out there and I'm just like, I just want my bed. I want my home. I want my essential oils and all my things. 100%. Oh, that's what we need to talk about. Holistic living. That'll be the next podcast. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Leah, tell us about when you came to know and follow Jesus. Yeah. Do you know this? Do you know this story about me? I don't think I do. If you say it, I maybe, but I don't. I probably have been told, but uh-huh. I probably I don't remember it right now. So I met the Lord in junior high, and wow. it was at a church camp. And mm. I had kind of gone just like any other kid who goes to camp. You're looking for the lake and, <laughs> and time with your friends yes. and away from home mm-hmm. and adventure and all of that. And yeah, the Lord just kind of scooped me up when I didn't even know I needed it. And it changed my life forever at church camp. So, wow. And what do you feel like it's looked like for you since then? Do you feel like since then it's been like, I'm all in for the Lord or has it kind of, did you go through seasons of ups and downs or what's that looked like? Yeah. I mean, I think any Christian goes through ups and downs, but I think my personality is definitely all in like Mm. right away. Like the thing I remember doing, I got home, I told my dad on the way home from camp. I'm different, Dad, and I'm changed forever, and this is going to be a huge change in my life. And I deleted all the songs off my iPod at that point. Not even iPhone. (laughs) iPod. Little iPod. Little shuffle. Little shuffle. (laughs) (laughs) And was like, I'm going to listen to the holy music now. I'm going to read my Bible. I was like, I need a mentor. Like, Mm. I was like, I love that. 10 or 12. And I was like, I need a mentor now. So. Some yeah. people don't even think that today. Like I know, that's you were see, God's she was grace. wise. God's grace for <laughs> sure. Okay, so slight turn. We're just gonna get into it right away. Yes, get into your life. Love it. Um, so since we're friends, I know that you are currently in a season of suffering and have been for quite some time. Mm. Can you tell us about that? And can you tell us what it's looked like to walk with Jesus in that and how you've seen him show up in that? Yeah. Yeah, walking with the Lord through suffering has been just a huge part of my story. Just really instrumental in like my faith is to walk through suffering with mm-hmm. a good God. So part of the suffering that you're talking about is chronic illness. Yeah. So I have been sick for a lot of my life, and we have bounced around different doctors, mm-hmm. tried different procedures, different diagnostic tactics, just couldn't find really anything. And kind of makes you feel crazy when doctors are like, I don't see anything wrong, but you have all of these symptoms. And so about a year and a half ago, it was last February, I got introduced to this doctor and she was like, I'm going to test you for Lyme disease. And I was like, Lyme disease, doesn't that come from ticks? That's so weird. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I think you have Lyme. And so she tested me and I came back positive for Lyme. And yeah, Lyme disease does come from a tick. If you've never heard of it, it is where a tick bites you or actually they've come across that it doesn't even have to be a tick. There's other bugs that carry it, but they infect you with bacteria and it can infiltrate your whole body. So that's what Lyme disease is. And I feel like I've had these symptoms for over 15 years. And so that's what we're thinking is kind of the marker of when... I was bit by a tick and got the Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, what has that looked like for you since the diagnosis? You know, what has that looked like you walking with God through that? And I mean, living with a chronic illness, you don't feel good 
yeah. every day. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of my symptoms, we can, I can yeah. be honest about oh, those. Yeah. My symptoms look like really chronic fatigue is probably the most debilitating one. I can get mm-hmm. 10 hours of sleep and still feel like a zombie, mm-hmm. still feel like I could go to bed all day. Nausea, nerve pain. I've had a lot of nerve pain down my arms and into my hands and my legs. Numbness of my fingers and toes. My mm. skin gets really achy. You know, like mm. you have the flu and your skin hurts. Like yeah. I've had to learn what clothes are soft that mm. I can wear when my skin hurts. And my muscles are achy, brain fog, and like a really weakened immune system. So those are like most of them. Some other ones I can't really think of, like the brain fog. I prohibit yeah. me from thinking of all of them. Yeah. But yeah, so walking with Jesus in all of those things has just demanded kind of a dependence mm. and trust that I hadn't really had to do before. Yeah. Because I literally can't make it through the day without dependence on Jesus, which yeah. is kind of a gift, you know, in yeah. some ways, because. It's our dependence that keeps us connected to the vine, right? Yeah. So in some ways, it's like a really beautiful thing, but it's suffering, no doubt. So, yeah, I think lately it's been a lesson of letting go of control and Mm. letting go of like a life that I thought I would have at Mm. this stage in life. Yeah. There's a lot of dreams that you have to die when you have chronic illness just Mm. because your body can't really keep up with it. Yeah. So, yeah, that that requires grieving with Jesus and being honest about my emotions, honest about the disappointment I feel, and, like, truly surrendering that at the feet of Jesus. I think walking with Jesus through Lyme disease just has made me desperate to hear his voice. Hmm. There's moments of anxiety around sickness that I, like, am desperate to hear the voice of Jesus speak in and bring me to a place of trust and truly belief in who he says that he is and that he's bigger than my circumstances, you know? Yeah. What are some of the different ways that you feel like you've tangibly seen him show up or have you heard him speak yeah. in those moments? Cause I'm sure there's some days that maybe you did like you, you're like, where are you, you know? And mm-hmm. then can you share any of those moments that you're like, okay, God, I know you're right there. Mm. Yeah. I think he's shown up in just giving more of giving me more of his presence. Mm. And when my body feels like it's rejecting me, him providing just comfort and his sweet voice. There's there was one time and I can keep going back to it, you know, because that's his voice, you know, Mm -hmm. um, where he put this. Very like it's a very secular song. It's not like a yeah. worship song, but put it on my heart, and it was like the most comforting like thing to hear mm. just his peace in in like one little lyric from a song that I heard when I was a kid. You know, like it. Wow. What was it? Or do you not want to share? Um, I'm not gonna share. Okay. That's okay. Not because I don't yeah. want to, but it's more of like a it's a intimacy you and thing. him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's so sweet of him. It, it's a like lyric that I mm. like will bring me back to his heart every time. Mm. I love that. So yeah, there's his presence and him like actively showing up. He's shown up and just ridding me of idols in a lot of ways, mm. like that I didn't even know were there. You yeah. know, the control idol. When you have got an illness, 
feels so out of your control. Mm. It's hard because you can do all the things. You can have all of the nutrition, do all of the medications and steps and all the things. And sometimes your body just is still sick. And so I think he's taken a lot of my control idol. It's still something he's showing me and revealing. And I need to continue to give that over. But an idol of comfort too Mm. is something that I have to continue to surrender because there's nothing comfortable about nausea. There's nothing comfortable about nerve pain and fatigue and certainly nothing comfortable about brain fog that makes you stop mid-sentence and say, I don't really know what we were talking about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's nothing really comfortable about that. And then lastly, you had asked, you know, ways he's shown up for me. And I think he's shown up for me a lot in the body of Christ. And I said that you cleaned my house. And I think that that was Jesus through you, for sure, just loving on me. And you had said, hey, I I see just how this has ached, ached you physically. And I want to step into that. And that's that's my Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. In you. And that was like mm-hmm. him showing up for me. Is And you, you saying yes, like allow Jesus to just love on me in mm-hmm. really tangible ways. So praise God through the body of Christ, man. Yeah. He's yeah. loved me. And I'm just thinking of like, we're currently recording this. It's Holy Week and we probably, this won't come out before Easter, but I'm just thinking about Jesus, Jesus's body being broken for you and me and just imagining your body being perfectly glorified and healed in eternity forever. And I would imagine each day it's not easy to keep eternal eyes of like, Mm -hmm. because that probably feels really far away. Some, some days I would imagine, I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I am longing with you and for you and so excited for your body to be fully healed and glorified Mm. for Mm. trillions and billions and trillions and ever and ever and ever of years. Yeah. 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 I'm so thankful for that. And just that's the hope of resurrection body, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's a new day and there's Mm -hmm. a eternal life that's been won for us. Mm -hmm. And yeah, while i do not see a lot of like lovely things about this body. Like he has a new one coming Mm. for me and I'll get to run for days with him. for days. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's sweet. What do you wish people knew about chronic illnesses or what it's like to live with one? Yeah. I feel like a lot of things I wish. Tell us. (laughs) Tell us all of them because we want to know because we don't know and people might be listening that know someone and I feel like even with you, I was... If I didn't get to talk to you and like actually know sure. how you were doing, you walk into this building today and she looks amazing, y'all. She always yeah. does. Like you would not know the the things that you are feeling and suffering through. So please tell us tell us all of the things we want to know. Mm, you're so humble and so gracious in that. Thanks for asking this question. Um, I would say one thing is to not assume like you understand Mm. somebody's experience of chronic illness or their, or what they're feeling um, because your sister's uncle's brother had this disease. Like sometimes it just can feel defeating when people say, Oh, I know somebody who has this. 
you're probably fine, you know, yeah. or like mm. just listen to people. That's yeah. like such a way that we can love each other is to ask people mm. how they're doing and actually listen to the answer yeah. and believe them, you know? Yeah. So I would say that's one way we can love people with chronic illness. But I would also say, have you ever heard of the spoon analogy? Mm-mm. So at Refresh, I've got this podcast too with um, our yes. mentoring team. And I got to interview a friend of mine and she also has chronic illness mm-hmm. and she taught me this. I did listen to it. So now I'm remembering okay, okay. that episode is so helpful. We'll link it. We'll link her whole podcast because <laughs> it's just all so helpful. But my friend Jack, she also struggles with chronic illness, and she shared with me this analogy of being spoonies. And so basically, the premise is Mm -hmm. everybody wakes up with a number of spoons amount of energy. So people who don't have chronic illness wake up with 100 spoons to give. And everything you do takes spoons. Making breakfast for you, maybe like three spoons. Mm-hmm. Driving your kids to Lincoln for the day may ta- may take, you know, four spoons. Mm-hmm. and Or just going working out may take 12 spoons. Yeah. But for a person who have has chronic illness, we start out with way less spoons yeah. for the day. Mm-hmm. And everything costs way more. Yeah. So I pr- start out with, I would say, about 25 spoons. Mm-hmm. And I need to ration those spoons mm-hmm. and... Because simple things like a drive to Lincoln would take me 15 spoons. Mm. And yeah. I, then I have like 10 spoons to offer when I'm there, Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then the rest of the day and mm-hmm. doing everything else. Yeah. So I think, you know, using that analogy is helpful because I can, people can meet you in that a little bit and be yeah. like, hey, yeah. how many spoons do you have left? Should you really be doing the dishes Mm. when, you know, you've got this meeting later? And should you really be standing at this event? Why don't you just sit down and like use one less spoon, you know? Yeah. So I feel like that was like a helpful analogy for me to explain the the fatigue part of Mm -hmm. chronic illness because it just everything is way harder. Yeah physically I mean sometimes mentally because of the brain fog and you know some of those things but for somebody to like realize that physically things take more energy for me is like a very thing that makes me feel understood and like like you coming over to clean my house I'm gonna go back to that because it was made (laughs) made me feel so loved because for me cleaning my house takes me like 19 spoons yeah and you coming and saying hey here's 19 spoons back that you can spend Mm. with your husband Mm. or that you can spend with other people loving your we have a roommate who i just adore you know being with her or just working on things that i need to get done Mm -hmm. like you gave me 19 spoons that day Mm. and that was a huge gift so Things like that. Um, I wish people knew that. And I, I asked my husband, Reese, you know, because he sees everything. Yeah. Like, there's there's no question in his mind that I've got chronic illness, yes. you know. Yeah. Whereas it may be more, like, unseen to yes. the common eye. He's yeah. like, oh, I see it all. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Reese, what is it like to live with someone who has chronic illness? And he... He's been processing this for a while because he's also had to grieve this like because yeah. we got married young and there's a lot that you have to let go of when mm-hmm. you think this life is going to be 
X, Y, Z or 20. No one, yeah, no one is dealing with this till they're 80, you know, like, so there's a lot. He's had to grieve in it, but he said living with a spouse who has chronic illness is sometimes slower than I would like. It can be disappointing and disheartening to watch someone you love go through this. Yeah. But it's also sweet. And he says it's it's grown him in compassion for those who suffer in ways that he's never known. So wow. I'm so grateful for him. So grateful for Jesus in him. Yeah. And I could, I could cry just yeah. thinking about the ways that Jesus has loved me through mm. Reese. Yeah. I love that. If someone is listening to this that has someone close in their life that is suffering from a chronic illness, what are very tangible, specific ways that they can be there for those people in their lives that sometimes it's probably hard to express? I feel like everyone has trouble asking for help, Yeah, you know, and so I would imagine sometimes it's hard to be like, hey, this is actually what I need, you know, so if your people are listening right now and you you have set you're surrounded by such a sweet husband such sweet people but maybe someone's listening they're like oh gosh yeah what ways could I help I didn't even realize what they're actually walking through what would you tell them yeah that's a good question I think meeting some very specific physical needs would be the most like loving thing Mm -hmm. my one of my favorite gals, Elizabeth Pace. Do you know her? Mm-hmm. She's incredible. She so sweet. She was like one day. She was like, "I've got some free time today, and I'm going to go to the store. Would mm-hmm. you like me to grab anything for you?" Mm-hmm. And we did need stuff, yeah. and uh, we did need to go to the grocery store. Wow. And in a lot of ways, it was just a huge blessing for her to run that errand for us yeah. and meet that need. Mm-hmm. Um, so running to get groceries or saying like, hey, what's the most exhausting thing yeah. on your schedule this week? Can I can I help you with that? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it kind of depends on the person what feels exhausting to them. Yeah. But like you taking and coming to scrub my floors was really a huge blessing because that's the most exhausting thing for me. Mm. Or like Reese, I drive to Lincoln every other week to meet with some gals down there and he's so sweet to be like, hey, can I drive you so that you don't have to spend energy mm-hmm. like focusing on the road and yeah. just driving. And he'll work from Lincoln that day. So and sweet. just so selfless mm-hmm. in his care for me. Like yeah. I feel so loved by that man. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, taking the burden of driving. Maybe if you've got kids saying like, hey, can I pick up your kids or take them to school that day? Yeah. Or can I make you a meal? Or mm-hmm. Just taking things off their plate that yeah. like are can be physically or mentally like yeah. taxing, I would say is probably some of the most helpful things. Being practical, and if you've got a friend who has chronic illness, just checking in on them and yeah. like caring for them yeah. and their personal heart and their walk with the Lord. Because yeah. long time suffering is hard, and knowing that your people care about you and like want to hear f- about your heart yeah. is always really powerful. Yeah. So. I think you guys had said this on your podcast with Jack that you recorded that I listened to basically like have intentionality and like go to like come to us like yeah yeah, just do it just go and ask them don't wait for them don't say hey let me know if you need anything like enter in with a very like specific question that they like have to answer and you guys said this on the podcast I'm literally just repeating and just Come and help us because we're probably not going to 
Yeah. You're already dealing with this fatigue and nausea. You're not thinking, who can I text to then get help to do this? You're yeah. like, you're just thinking, how am I going to possibly complete these tasks? And mm-hmm. you're you're living and working and you're mm-hmm. married. And mm-hmm. so just having people enter in and say, hey, I'm here to help. Tell me something right now yeah. that you need help with. Yeah. Huge blessing. Like, unbelievably. What encouragement do you have for someone listening that is maybe currently in a season of suffering or more particularly maybe a long season of suffering that feels like there isn't an end in sight? Yeah. As I was writing notes about this, I was like, what are my what is my encouragement for the sufferer? And Mm. I was like, the only thing that comes to mind is that the eyes of our Jesus looks on you with tender love and they're patient and understanding and they grieve this season with you. Our God is not turning his face from this, Mm. turning his face from you, and he grieves that you're suffering too. I think remembering that that's like the heart of Jesus in this. He's not like, he's not all lesson oriented where he's like, this is a lesson Mm -hmm. that you have to learn through this. And like, he's not all about the growth. He is going to use this, but he's also like, I'm here with you. And I'm sad that Mm -hmm. this sucks. And I'm sad that this world contains suffering like this. And it's not supposed to be this way. You know, this is not Mm -hmm. the garden that he imagined. Yeah. I would say that Jesus will use this season. We can have hope and confidence that he will use this. There's going to be beauty from these ashes, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. That is a sure deal. But there's also Mm -hmm. hope in today. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people tell me like, oh, there's going to be great things ahead Mm -hmm. and he's using this to form character and Someday, even like reminders of eternity are so good and so helpful. But there's also like a thing where I want hope for today, too. Mm. Like hope still in the suffering, still in the suck. Like what is the hope for that? And I think it's purely the fact that we're not alone. Like Mm. Jesus is with us. He is actively working and fighting for us in the sickness, in in the suffering, whatever that looks like. And that's a gift that we can mm. praise him for. That's so encouraging. Thanks for sharing all those things about that. To just get to have the privilege to get to learn from you and mm. as you have walked through this for a very long time than just having a diagnosis in the last year and a half. It is a privilege to see you suffer well mm. with the Lord. And I've learned so much from you through it. So just, yeah, thank you. And just... To encourage you, as you, uh, of course, know, n- mm. it is not in vain. And day to day, you constantly spur my faith on. So mm. thank you. I love you. You're so sweet. Do people always cry on this podcast? I, you made me cry already multiple <laughs> times. People don't know that. I just didn't acknowledge it. I'm like, stop looking at me that way. <sighs> okay. So a few of the things that you told me that you're passionate about, and you're going to kind of combine them, is living in our identity as new creation slash freedom in Christ. And then another thing you're passionate about is counseling and healing from our past. So talk to us about that. Yeah. We've kind of talked about just our different stories and, you know, where we come from. And part of my growing up includes kind of a lot of pain and a lot of trauma. 
And I didn't really realize that I had this trauma until it started coming out on other people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think yeah. I think we don't really realize how wounded we are until we get into close relationships with people and yeah. we see our inability to, like, love people, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, they say hurt people hurt people and wounded people wound people, yeah. you know? And I was noticing in our first year of marriage, I was like, I have a hard time loving Reese. Like, I have a hard time expressing that love. I have a hard time receiving that love. There was just a lot of barriers up in my heart. And that kind of set me on a journey of realizing that I had a lot of childhood stuff to work through. And as I, you know, got into the workforce and was seeing the wounds of my heart on display, I was noticing I've got some stuff to work through and Mm -hmm. I think Jesus is like that's okay Mm -hmm. we I want you to work through it and I want to heal you so I did some hard work of counseling still more to do Mm -hmm. obviously I think I'll probably always need it yeah but yeah I realized that a lot of the pain was like creating these chains on me Mm -hmm. and I wasn't able to really experience the gospel fully Mm -hmm. because these chains were keeping me in my wounds. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the beautiful parts about our King who lived and died and came to save us is that he saves us from our sin, but he also brings healing, right? Mm -hmm. He brings healing from the sin around us and physically too. But Part of walking as a redeemed person includes taking off the old self, mm-hmm. getting rid of who was. And a lot of that is like that walking in the flesh. And then other parts of it is walking in that brokenness and that those past traumas don't define us anymore. And yeah. I found that I was clinging to those wounds and what the wounds said about me mm-hmm. more than I was about who Jesus says that I am. The wounds told me you're unseen and you're not loved and you are broken, you're unworthy. And that is the exact opposite of what God has said is true about us. Mm. He says, you are my beloved one. You're my chosen daughter. You are a new creation. and You're redeemed, mm-hmm. not defined by anything of the past, but you're, you're with me now. Mm. And... I think Jesus healing and freeing me from my past allowed me to walk in those new names and to really receive his love, which actually empowered me and like made me available to love other people well. I, I feel like there's just that direct line of how, how much we receive that love from the Lord and let that transform us mm-hmm. is directly related to how much we love other people and are able to wow. meet them in that. So I think I am passionate about healing from our our past because I think in that unlocks with Jesus doing the healing and doing that Mm -hmm. work an ability to really walk in who we're supposed to be Mm. and who he's called us to be, you know, and Jesus wants freedom for you. He doesn't want those chains to keep you and he doesn't want you to be bound by anything of this world, your sin or the sins of others, right? So I think doing that work with Jesus, 
identifying what those strongholds might be, what those lies that you're believing might be, what those traumas that still kind of define you might be, Mm. and really surrendering those, working with him to be free in who he says that you are. Because that helps us live in our purpose, live like the beloved ones that we are, Mm. and join him on the mission that he's called us to. Yeah. How do you feel like if someone's listening and they're like, oh, I don't think I have anything from my past that affects me. Like you said, you were able to maybe pinpoint it early on. You were like, oh, I'm having trouble giving and receiving this love. What would be a helpful way to help someone figure out or pinpoint what those might be? Yeah. Do you ever like you're in a conflict or you're like out in life and these like random emotions come up and you're like, whoa. Why am I feeling so defensive right now? Whoa, why do I feel so angry right now? Or why do I feel embarrassed? Mm -hmm. Or I think God can use some of these emotions in our life to pinpoint like, hey, there's just something there we can work on. There's just something there that I'd like to free you from. Yeah, And I think those can be like little little red flags of like, there might be something deeper. Yeah. Maybe not, yeah. but you can ask for the Spirit's yes. voice and yeah. His eyes to see like, yeah. hey, Spirit, would you just allow me to be aware of my reactions and be aware of the way that I'm treating people and my mm. heart behind those things? You know, yeah. maybe sometimes they don't even come out yeah. outwardly, but yes. internally you are jealous. Yeah. Internally you are feel so fearful fearful yeah. yeah yeah i think of my own story and well i i laugh because i didn't know that i needed to go to counseling i just knew like trusted people that i trusted and look up to were like if you haven't gone to counseling you should like it's so yeah. helpful yeah. and so the lord's funny because i was like okay i'll go like i don't really know what we're going to talk about or like i don't really know what i need to walk through and Long story short, just even like answering some questions from my counselor, whom I love. If anyone needs an Omaha Christian counselor, please email me. She's amazing. (laughs) But after I was like filling out some questions and I was like, wait, actually, there is a disconnect like right here. And there is a disconnect right here. And one thing that was wild for me is that and and maybe you're listening and you're like, oh, I don't get defensive at anything or I don't I don't get fearful at anything the the main red flag for me i just lived out of for the last 15 years since i had been traumatized and so i did it so much that that was the norm to me i didn't it was hard so i wouldn't have pinpointed that red flag mm. you know and long story very short the lord brought so much freedom in counseling pinpointing and the lord bringing healing from this trauma and from living out this way for the last then 15 plus years. And so even an encouragement to you today, like just to encourage you that counseling may seem taboo or counseling may seem maybe embarrassing. Like you're like, well, I don't, I don't need counseling. And just to encourage you that the Lord probably has healing because we've probably I can probably 100% be sure that we've all been hurt in some way in this broken world. 
whether our own sin or the sin of others. And so I can't encourage people enough that the Lord, like go seek out a Christian counselor. And the Lord brought so much freedom in that from something I didn't even know that I was living out mm-hmm. in this specific fear, in this specific way. And it was affecting my whole life. I wasn't walking in the freedom that the Lord had for me, not even remotely. And I had no idea. I thought I was. And he brought so much healing. And still when the enemy tries to put those chains back on me, I'm like, oh no, I'm so aware Nope, actually, I am so free. And this is what I'm going to walk in the freedom that the Lord has for me. And the Lord totally, in his humor, led me to go to counseling when I was like, I don't even know if I have anything to talk about. (laughs) He's like, oh, you do, sister. You just wait. I'm going to bring healing and I'm going to bring freedom like you could not even believe. So I think one thing that's helpful, too, is like if there's any area in your life that you are just feeling complete fear, complete anxiety, complete defensiveness, Like if there's an area of your life that there's just this huge weight, there's probably something there from possibly a very long time ago or possibly not that long ago. And just the encouragement to to seek that counseling and the Lord has gifted counselors and brought them this amazing education about the human mind and how he's created us and Mm -hmm. stuff alongside the spirit being in them and Mm -hmm. letting the spirit lead. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I can't encourage you and Leah can't encourage you enough. Go to counseling. Go to counseling <laughs> and go to a Christian counselor. Yeah. If I can encourage you to go to someone that's following and pursuing the Lord, because counseling with a Christian counselor is going to look a lot different than a non Christian counselor. Mm-hmm. The Christian counselor is going to ultimately be pointing you back to Jesus time and time again. Christian counseling is like, yo, this is what the Lord has for you. Mm-hmm. This is the freedom that He lets. Oh, where are you not believing the gospel right here that then you're living out of this over Mm -hmm. here? Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Jesus brings healing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. What does following Jesus in the day to day look like for you? Yeah. What do you mean by this question? Yeah. Honestly, I love every person that I've had on (laughs) answers it. Like Mm -hmm. it's so different for them or they even, they even receive it differently and answer it differently. Mm -hmm. So some people are like, Oh, I, I have the same like routine every day, but I'll, and people just add in all of their different things <laughs> that the Lord has shown them how to walk with him in the day to day. Like I'm always chatting with the Lord, like throughout my day. And I specifically am talking in the car or I think someone once was like, um, I like to have three alarms on my phone throughout the day to just pause. And then I go back, even if it's just a couple minutes I'm reading some scripture to just keep him on my mind and not just spend time in the morning. And then that's supposed to last the 12 hours of the day, you know? Mm -hmm. So everyone just answers it so differently, which I love. And it, and everyone's like, it looks different every day, but Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm kind of a routine junkie. And so I love a good consistent routine. Do you really? I love it. Is that surprise you? I feel like things consistently surprise me about you the more I learn about you I'm like oh this surprises me I I think that's a good thing no it is it is like you're just a unique daughter of the Lord and I I love the the way you love to be at home and the way like I don't think people would say oh yeah Maddie Schultz she's she's a homebody you know 
That's, and I do. I love, love my being at home. <laughs> like when you said, I love to travel till I don't. That's me too. Cause I'm like, I think I like to travel. I think I like to travel. And I talk a big game and my husband's always like, sweetie, you think you like to travel? You actually just want to be at home. Don't get me wrong. I do like my one trip a year, God mm-hmm. willing, maybe an, another one. But I do know that I ultimately like being home. I don't want to travel for three weeks on end. I like I got a max. I want to be home. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. am. Totally so you're a routine same. gal. I'm a routine gal. Okay. And probably f- since I became a believer, I've had a hour with the Lord in the morning. Yeah. And that has been like a really instrumental piece of following him is mm. just giving him my first moments yeah. of the day. And I think, yeah, like you had said, it's not the filler up for all of the day, but yeah. it is a just a powerful way to set your day yeah. to meet with him, to surrender your day, to say, Jesus, I need help. I need I need you to help me to walk with you. Help me to abide. Help me to live in what you've called me to and to mm. trust you through it all. And I think I though what has consisted of that hour has definitely changed yeah. throughout my walk with the Lord. But usually it includes some Bible reading. Usually it includes some sort of prayer. I'm generally a journaler when it Mm. comes to prayers particularly the prayers where i need to like walk through something with the lord Mm. whether that be confession or um, just processing things that happen that that happens mostly in my journals Mm. and throughout the day i'll i'll pray out loud or you know just talk with him but a lot of the deeper work that jesus does in prayer happens like in my journal. I think prayer is so underrated. I think it is our lifeline to the King. It's where we're transformed by abiding and directing our heart, mind, and body. And yeah, he just, he transforms us as we seek his face and seek his voice. And we need it. We need help. Yeah. Don't we? Yeah. Amen. We need some serious help. Yeah. And I think I think prayer is has been underrated in like a lot of my life. And yeah. I think the Lord is like, hey, we are most connected when you commune with me throughout mm-hmm. the day. And so, yeah, I'm working towards making my whole life this big, long prayer. I love that. And I think day to day, it's also walking with him looks like listening for like the spirit's voice of talking to people at the grocery store or you know just those little should i say this lord who should who do i need to be texting right now or i should really encourage this person or just like being in tune to those like little nudges i think is a big part of my like day-to-day walking with him and i think lastly like the the walking with him on the day-to-day looks like a co-laboring with him in my work Mm. so this is a thing that I feel like the Lord has woken me up to a little bit in the last couple years of how intimately the Lord like wants to use our work mm-hmm. and wants us to infiltrate this faith and work type of thing. Like mm-hmm. what you do 
on the day-to-day, whether it be your podcasting, whether it be photography, yeah. whether it be mamahood, mm-hmm. like the Lord wants to do those things with you. Mm-hmm. He yeah. wants to use you. He wants to brighten your eyes to mm-hmm. a certain moment that you can capture on your camera. He wants yeah. to create with you. And I think that makes work so much more interesting yes. when we realize how the Lord wants to co-labor with us. It reminds me to a sermon a long time ago at Providence. You'll tell me if you remember. I think it was Jared that said, like, if you are bored in the Christian life, then basically like you're wrong. Then basically you're not doing it. <laughs> like every day, every moment, the Lord, like you were just entirely saying, the Lord wants to use every moment of every day to co-labor with you. So yeah. thanks for that encouragement. That was yeah. so good. Okay, what is one habit you have cultivated that has changed your life? I would say the Sabbath has really changed my life mm. forever. Um, so basically, if you've never heard of the Sabbath, which was probably new to me, you know, a, f- a few years ago, I've yeah. like, never really heard of it. Same. It's setting aside a day a week to really stop stop your work and to enjoy God and worship him. It's literally the best day of yeah. the week. If yeah. if we do it, you know? Yeah. If, if yes. we trust him enough to stop, yeah. it can be the best day. And Reese and I have tried to like set aside usually it ends up being Sundays we mm-hmm. wake up slow. We're definitely 11 o'clock people Love at it. the at the service. Yeah. Wake up slow, drink our coffee, read together, and then go to church. Usually there's a fun meal involved, Mm -hmm. like cooking together or inviting people over to eat with us, feasting of some sort. Napping is always a sweet part of Sabbath. And just, I mean, we love to do something in nature if it's nice out and enjoy the things that he's created and yeah, just trying to be intentional with our hearts like on those days of worshiping him in whatever we do and just enjoying the gift that he is and the gifts that he's given us. I love that. What other habits, any others you want to share with us? One habit that has changed me is just praying, the gift of prayer, Yeah. Uh, the gift of communing with God. And I think that prayer is reciprocal. I think it's like a feasting on the word it's Mm. speaking the word back to him in worship it's telling him exactly what's on my heart in the most honest real way it's also listening for his voice in those in those whispers in those nudges i think if we're going to be listening for the voice of god we must know god through his word first Mm, i think that that is say that again I think that's just, just essential, right? Say it we again. cannot. <laughs> oh, you really want me to yeah, say it I again? Do. No, actually say it again. <laughs> we cannot listen to the voice of God unless we know God in His Word. And so I think part of this listening has taken me knowing the character of God through reading His Word over and over and over again, mm. that, to the point where I have learned to know what he sounds like there's Mm. way more room to grow and like if i'm ever questioning something that i'm hearing i'm testing it with community and against the word yeah the spirit is not gonna tell you to hurt somebody yeah he just won't yeah you know or sin yeah 
but I think a lot of my intimacy with Christ has been shaped by listening for the voice of God mm-hmm. in my quiet times and in my prayer. Love that. Any new habits you're currently trying to cultivate or long to cultivate in the future? Dude, always. Yeah, I am always trying to grow. Tell me so I can try them too. That is like my weakness. I am always like, let's grow. Let's grow in this. Let's grow in that. Like, I think that's I, me too. You too? Yeah. Hmm. That surprises me too. <laughs> <laughs> I am just surprising you left right. You don't think sevens want to grow? No, I do. <laughs> I do. But I... Uh, well, I mean, I, I guess it doesn't surprise me that you want to try like yeah. these new yeah. ways to grow. Yeah, but sticking to them. No, that's <laughs> no, not what I'm saying. No, no, no. I, just... <laughs> I think I'm saying that like my maybe my version of what I'm like what yes. it, what I'm like looking for. Oh, I want to grow. Yeah, looks probably a lot sadder or like more angry and oh more gosh. like I need to grow in these things. And okay. you're probably like, oh my gosh, yeah, I want to grow. Oh my yes, gosh. Lord. Okay. I, Do you think that's true? Well, I didn't know that you were sad and ache, well, but no. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. <laughs> Do you want to tell them what your Enneagram number is? I'm a one. I'm an Enneagram one. Enneagram, she's an an amazing Enneagram one. I think that's what you like mean. Like you're like, yours is probably more business. Yes. Or, and like okay, mine's yes. more maybe that's like, exactly oh my gosh, I want to grow. This is exciting. What can we do to grow? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I get yeah. what you're saying. Okay. Not- tell us about any that are ruffling around there in the head, new habits you're trying to. <laughs> So I think that the daily office is something that, I mean, with trying to incorporate prayer, like to be something practicing all day, the daily office. Have you heard of that? No. You have. Andrew Rutten talks about it all the time. Okay, let's see if you say it. And I just didn't know it was called that. So daily office is like, I think you talked about it in a sermon and that's where I heard it for the first time. But it's like been practiced by the saints for long term. The like three or four times. Yeah. And that's what I was talking about when I was like, people said this is how they follow him throughout the day. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. they do like yeah, three yeah. or four different times. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you keep going and like you'll explain it better than I did. When he first explained it, it was like, OK, when I am switching things throughout my day, not necessarily like it doesn't have to be 10, 12, 1 and 4 mm-hmm. or whatever. It can be like. Oh, I'm just switching gears to work on something else for the day. Mm-hmm. Like just a changing of what we do, like using those transition moments throughout our day to render that to the Lord, to fix our eyes, to commune with him, to just like touch back in and say, mm-hmm. hey, Lord, like, thank you for just the gift of whatever I was just working on. And Lord, yeah. would you just be with me in this next thing? Would you open my eyes to see what you see and like yeah. just communing back in with him? I think that's when I'm really wanting to grow in because I think prayer is so important. Yeah. And then another one I thought of was the practice of gratitude Mm. does not always come easy to me. And I think, I think it can show like when we are anxious, when we are just stuck in now, don't hear me say like clinical anxiety, that is a different beast. But like when we're fearful or when we are, just just disappointed or angry or like have a heart of critical heart of judgment, you know, like I think oftentimes it can reveal that we're just like ungrateful. Mm -hmm. And I think gratitude and expressing and giving thanks is 
is in itself a gift from the Lord because of how much it shifts our heart to Mm. see the good God that we have and how he has blessed us immensely in everything, everything. There's a treasure to be found of something that we can give thanks for. Mm. So that is when I'm wanting to grow in more and more. I love that. It reminds me of, I think it's in either first or second Thessalonians when it talks about like, what is the will? If you're wondering what is God's will for your life? It says, I think to pray without ceasing and to be thankful. I'll, Those are my two things. <laughs> like literally like that's, the, and then it says, okay, I'm actually going to find it. Let's see. Yes. Okay. Here it is. First Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18 read, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I just, oh my gosh, what? If you're wondering today, what is God's will for my life? Yeah, it, is it is this, rejoice always, yeah. pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Oh, that's a humbling, convicting yes. set of verses. Yes. And also like super sweet. Okay, God, that's your will for my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have to wonder, oh, is it this, is this? I for sure know that it's to rejoice always, pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. Yeah. Okay. What is a lie about God that you've believed that he has had to or maybe still is uprooting in your heart? Mm. Good questions. You always come up with the best questions, oh, Maddie. Thanks. That means a lot. So I would say... That the biggest lie God has uprooted in me is that he loves me not because of what I do. I think that growing up in the home that I did, being a little more focused on achieving and performance kind of sets me up to think that that's what God wants from me too. But that's not at all what he wants from us. He doesn't. He doesn't look at your resume and say, you deserve this amount of love. Yeah. He just says, I love you because I chose you in your mind. I think that, oh, as I was thinking about this, I was like, oh, I'm a big performance gal, big performance Mm. gal. And not necessarily for other people. I don't really want, I don't really care if you think I'm a big performer. Yeah. I just have these big expectations on myself of how I should be and how I need to be. Yeah. And I think it can be easy to, transfer some of those childhood feelings that you felt onto like what you think the Lord is expecting of you or how he feels towards you. I want, I say want in air quotes, I want there to be a way for me to earn his love and intimacy Mm -hmm. because that means I can, there's something I can do. There's something I can run towards. But the life, death and resurrection of Jesus says that my resume doesn't cut it. And it doesn't matter. Like, mm. not only does it just, it's not enough. Yeah. It also is not really important in the yeah. equation of God's love for you. Yeah. You know? So when I'm explaining this, I like to say that I wear the clothes of Jesus. Like, he literally took mine off and gave me his his robes, his whole appearance, mm. his, his belt, his yeah. clothes, all of them I get to wear because of Jesus saving me. I get his his resume and I get to walk in the clothes of Jesus all my life and God looks at me like I'm wearing Jesus clothes yeah. and says, "That's my kid." Yeah. "That's my girl." Mm. Love her. Yeah. Look at all these clothes of Jesus yeah. on her. Yeah. She looks Good. like my kid, you know? Yeah. 
And I I can receive the love of my father without any of my works or any of my sins attached. Mm. Big time grateful for that. Yeah. And he looks at us with this holy, pure delight without an ounce of disappointment or expectation. Mm. It's free. Ah, I just want to sit in that for a moment. Oh, don't you just love talking about the love of Jesus? Like so much. It is. It changes our life. Yeah. It reminds me of what you said earlier in the episode. And I had, I think it's what I had to repeat that his, when we receive his love that transforms us. Yeah. And then we end up giving it. Yeah. Like him. We can't not. Yeah. We can't not. And when I was in, I did a San Diego summer mission. Mm-hmm. You probably, I knew I probably talked about that. Yeah. But I had a discipler who every time she would talk about like the love of God, she would say, he's got a crinkly eyed smile towards you. Mm-hmm. And that was such like a good visual for me, yeah. especially in college when I was real thick in my like achieving and wanting to earn my way yeah. to that love mm-hmm. to visualize my father with the crinkly eyed mm-hmm. delight was not how I was viewing him and I needed to walk more towards just accepting his free love for me. Wow. What is a piece of scripture the Lord is currently using to encourage, exhort, or convict you with lately? I love that. I love that you asked that. I think that a thing, a piece of scripture that the Lord is like consistently bringing me back to in my day and lately is John 13, 35, and it says, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Mm. I think that's been really like convicting. Yeah. Because I think that oftentimes we're like, okay, what what is it going to look like to the world that we're God's people? You know? Yeah. It doesn't say that we won't well, know that we're Christians by how loud we protest. It doesn't say that they'll know that we're Christians by, maybe don't include. (laughs) I mean, it's honest. They won't know (laughs) us by whether we're Republican or Democrat. That's That's not how they'll know us. That's okay. I'll say it. Say it. Yeah, I'll say it. (laughs) They won't know that we're Christians by the things that we tack our names to. Tack our names to. Bottom line. Besides besides Jesus. Yes, yeah. yes, that's kind of a given. Yeah. But they'll know that we're Christians by how we love one another. Mm-hmm. That's what it says. Yeah. They'll know God's love for them by how we love them. Mm, yeah. And I think that has been a really convicting thing because there's a lot of us, a lot of me, who wants to work so hard to strategize to Mm -hmm. how do I say this the right way that all these people are going to know Jesus. And there's some value in that. Mm -hmm. But how are people mostly going to see the beauty of Jesus when I actually do the thing of loving them, when I actually go out and serve people Mm -hmm. and meet their needs and care for the widows, care for the orphans, when I'm actually like, doing the thing that is often unseen and not loud and not pretty, not sexy. Yeah. That's how people know of the love of God is because when I'm actually loving other people, that Mm. that's his love to them. Mm. You know, that's been a convicting thing for me lately. 
Wow. That's so good. Keeps my eyes in the right vein, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like God knows what he's doing. There's so much freedom in that. Hey, just love me. He didn't say, this is how they'll know you'll love me. You'll explicitly share the gospel perfectly and you'll obey every single one of my laws. Yeah. He said, go love people. Wow. Okay, God. And for some reason, that's so hard for us to do. So we need his help desperately. And also there's a freedom to it. And oh, I'm so encouraged and convicted by that today and everything that you just said, Leah. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you for saying that. Okay. Someone is out there, God willing. Yes. I'm believing for it. Listening to this and maybe for the first time thinking, I want to respond to the gospel. I want to, I know that I am in need of a savior because of my sin and I want Jesus to be Lord over my life. Yeah. What is a tangible next step for them? What advice do you have for them? I don't have great advice, but I would say that just come to him. Mm. That's his invitation to us. Just come. Come in your not cleaned up state because he has his arms wide open for you. He looks on you with love, that crinkly eye, delight. And he's not jumping at the bit to shame you or Mm. to point out all the things you've ever done wrong. He says, come to me. Mm. I want to make you new. I love that. All right. To wrap up today, we have some rapid fire questions. Keyword, rapid, keyword, fire. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are you ready? Yes. Ready. Enneagram number. One. Favorite book all time. 1,000 Gifts by Ann Voskamp. Tell us about it. This is rapid fire questions, but secretly there's tangents. <laughs> so just pretend that they're quick tangents. Have you ever heard of that book? No. Okay. That but was... I've heard of her and her, some of her story. She is like, to me, the queen of deep, like the processing and deep, Whoa. just okay. like allowing God to speak into emotion and allowing, she just uses her words and art like wow. so beautifully. Anyway, 1000 Gifts is all about... And Voskamp going on the ver- journey of numbering a thousand gifts that she's received from the Lord. Whoa. Like throughout her day, she keeps a little pad, wow. a little notepad I and says, that. oh my gosh, this is a gift from the Lord and I'm going to give thanks for this. And she like written a thousand. So my jaws dropped. I want to do that. now. I've done that. Cool. I will honestly tell you that I have not done that in probably three months. Haven't looked, picked up my little notepad, but I keep it by my bed. Cool. And I like that has really changed my life wow. in, in the realm of gratitude is keeping a, a journal mm-hmm. and like thanking God for these little insignificant seemingly yes. things that God mm-hmm. has like shown his love through. I love that. Favorite song right now? Um, Banks by Need to Breathe. Do you know that song? Mm-mm. It's oh. a fun one. Okay. My first wedding of the year, this was the song they danced to. And I'm like, okay, this is a good one. Stop. Okay, I'll have to listen to so it. Favorite good. song all time? Goodness of God by Jen Johnson. Mm. Favorite food? Thai food. Mm. But specifically from Cow Niao. Have you ever been there? Huh. In Omaha? Yep, in okay. Omaha. A little shameless plug for Cow Niao. Favorite Bible teacher to listen to? Tyler Statton from Bridgetown Church. Okay. Favorite podcast? I was thinking about this, and I think Jenny Allen's Made mm, for This is yeah. consistently 
like captivating and mm. I, I love like the guests yeah. she brings on yes and she just speaks She's to amazing. our generation and like ways that seriously is only from the lord yes. you know she's got the anointed spirit 100 percent. oh i love her something not many people know about you do you know i read before bed every night no yeah i do that's like it. a surprise to me my husband he's a big reader yeah and he taught me how to read before bed would it surprise you if i told you i also read before bed stop oh, i love that do you, like are you an active like oh i'm reading I've gone through a few different stages with my by my bed reading. For a while, there was a book that was just my by my bed read that was like probably a light, a lighter one or that I would only read. And some nights I miss, but pretty consistently reading for like just five or 10 minutes a quick, you know, Mm -hmm. and then and then I also go through times where I bring my book. I'm the other book I'm reading into bed. Mm -hmm. But uh-huh. then I hate that because then I in the morning I'm like, where's my bed? Oh yeah, it's in by on the other side of my bed. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I feel like hassle. I like better having <laughs> one that's just for there. And then I also have a a Bible that just stays there. And sometimes I just need to like end the day with a psalm or just like uh-huh. it's not like I'm reading for like thirty minutes. Like it's like usually if I'm reading, it's like five or ten minutes while I'm all cozied up and then oh turn put it down. I love it. You know, I love that. Yeah, reading but, before bed's a surprise gift that people very underrated yeah and as like time adds up (laughs) like if you just read for like five ten minutes before bed one i feel like it like calms me down you know and allows me like fall asleep easier Mm -hmm. and it like totally adds up over time what do you have a nighttime read or okay yeah what do you usually um there's a nighttime book by my bedside Mm. or i'll use my kindle Mm. i'd like to read on my side and okay (laughs) holding the book is actually very exhausting yeah Yeah. (laughs) so having it on my kindle is like really nice really Mm. nice and helpful but sometimes i'll read for like an hour or more before bed like sometimes i've got that amount of energy and sometimes it's also like the five to ten minutes i love that but Amazing. I love reading before bed. What are you loving right now? I am loving walks with my husband. Mm. We love to just walk around our neighborhood. And it's such a sweet space for, I haven't talked about him enough because he's yeah, just Sorry, I didn't ask of, about you more, Reese. We, he, Reese is amazing. He's the light. Um, I mean, Jesus is the light of yeah. my life. But he's the like second brightest yeah. light of my life and mm-hmm. my best friend in the whole world. And Walks are just our favorite space to communicate well, talk through our issues, but also just like enjoy laughing together. We laugh a lot together. Mm, I love that. There's something about the side by side with people that like there's not that intimidate. Like you still are able to have like sweet, intentional conversation, but sometimes you can just be and you're Mm -hmm. just facing forward, but you're with each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. How can our friends listening today be praying for you? Yeah. Thanks for asking this. Such a kind question. Yeah, you can pray for healing over my body. Yeah. I'm just going to be bold and yes. ask for it. Yeah. I've got a team of people who, I mean, have been praying for this for a long time. So I just would love prayer for healing of my body over Lyme disease and just prayer for me and the, me and Reese in the midst of it. And yeah. um, that the Lord would use this to bring us closer to Him and... Mm-hmm to each other yeah yeah if you would just take a moment please and lift leah up to mm-hmm. jesus would you please just take a moment to pray for her that would mean so much anything else we didn't talk about that you wanted to touch on no 
No. Oh Love my you. gosh. <laughs> this was so much fun. You are such a gift to so many and I love you and I'm so grateful um, to be your friend and your sister and to have you on the podcast today. So thanks for being here. So much love for you, Maddie Schultz. I think that I could listen to Leah talk about the Lord all day long. It is such an honor to get to learn from the way that she loves the Lord and lives her life for Him. I can't get over how blessed I always am by her sweet, calming, wise spirit. I pray that you walked away from this conversation with a deeper love for our great, kind, patient, loving God. Did you get your book from May Book Club? We are reading The Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life by Donald Whitney. Invite a friend to read with you and join us. If you were encouraged by this episode in any way, would you share it to your social media spaces? Would you quick text it to a friend or a family member? Would you take a minute right now to go leave a rating and review to help other people find this podcast? I would so appreciate it. As always, I'd love to hear from Tom at maddie at sunnyand65.com. Friends, go be bold and love big, and we will see you next time.